Welcome to the third episode of Scaling with Data, where I speak with leaders in business and private equity to learn the not-so-obvious details about how they scale their business. The year is 2005. Plexus has closed their first fund. Michael Painter and his co-founders are closing investments and establishing themselves as a major player in lower-middle market MES lending. Now let's fast forward just one and a half years to 2007, the Great Recession. The first year and a half was great, and everything seemed pretty easy. And then we hit late 07, and we had done a deal in Florida that was a high-end door manufacturer in the housing industry. So the the good part is we knew the risks we were taking. Um, the bad part is we didn't fully understand uh, how bad it was going to get. <laughs> and so when the Great Recession hit, that was not a fun time. You know, we had, uh, I mean, for anybody, and it was the same for us. You know, we had invested about 70% of the fund pre-Great Recession, and that was a really challenging time and we had a lot of companies go through a lot of stress and it in hindsight ended up being the best thing that could have happened to us because Robert and Mike and I were, you know, in our early thirties at the time and to go through that early in our fun life as Plexus was important because it grounds you in humility and the skill set of knowing how to work through really difficult credits, which is really where the difference is made in our business. So we ended up grinding through a tough two or three years with Fund One and ended up delivering a net 10.5% return to our investors through that time. So ended up with a good outcome and learned a lot of lessons and picked up a lot of good skill sets. This group has been through a lot, from weathering the Great Recession and posting 10.5% returns to investors in their first fund, to growing to 25 people today, commanding nearly $1 billion in funds raised. Michael is our first managing director on the show. I wanted to make sure to feature him and Plexus, not just because they're veterans, but because of the way they leverage technology in their operation. Plexus has one of the more efficient operations I've seen, and Michael is constantly looking for ways to make it better. In this episode, we learn the founding story of Plexus, their strategy for building a granular portfolio rather than moving on to larger deals, and exactly what tools Michael uses to keep Plexus operating at such a high level. We have been able to, uh, to double revenues during the, the four and a half years that I've been here. When we set a fundraising goal and a timeline, we hit that number. Welcome to Scaling with Data. I'm Sean Steigerwald, co-founder at Malartu.co, and your host today. Like many of the best teams, 
Plexus formed after each of the founders spent a good deal of time working together before they jumped off into their own venture. They recognized they complemented each other's strengths and weaknesses, and that together they could build something great. What really ties us together are the relationships. It really wasn't the industry per se that I was excited about. It was the people that I've worked with. So my first job out of college was working for Kel Landis when he was president of Centura Bank. And then after uh, I spent about two or three years in New York, uh, and then I came back to the bank and worked for Bob Anders. So essentially my entire career, I've worked with Bob and Kel. Uh, And then Mike Becker and Robert Gaffel were at the bank when I was there. So that was the genesis of our group was, you know, five guys that had worked together for a long time and had developed a good level of trust and, we all genuinely cared about each other personally and professionally. So that that's really the bond of what kept us together and led us to starting something on our own. Um, I guess from a, a story standpoint, I, I actually had right before Plexus had made the worst career decision and personal decision in my life. I, made a completely ego-driven decision. I was I was working at Triangle, loved it, and then out of the blue, I got an offer to go join this fund in New York, making more money, and I thought, you know, I was 30 at the time, and I thought, oh, this will be great. I can commute from Raleigh and come back, you know, leave Monday, come back Friday. Well, meanwhile, I had a two-year-old daughter at the time. My wife was pregnant. And we go to have dinner with my potential new boss. He flies to Raleigh. We go have dinner with him. And I thought the dinner went great. And we leave. And my wife described him as insufferable. And I still took the job the next day. So that was six months before we got Plexus started. So I had a spectacular ending with this guy six months in. And that was one of the happier days of my life. Um, And ironically, that same day that I left Endurance, Bob Anders just happened to be in New York. And he calls me and asks me to go to lunch with him. So I show up at 49th and Madison with my roller bag. And he starts talking to me about starting a fund with him. And I'm sitting there listening, going, wow, this is perfect timing. And so he finished and I said, well, Bob, actually today was my last day at endurance. So I'm in. And he said, oh, well, I'm not sure I'm ready. I, I've got, it, it may take a couple of years for me to wrap things up at the bank. And I said, well, Bob, I've got nothing better to do now. So I'll start doing the legwork on it. And that was November. That was the Friday before the uh, election in November of 04. And that, so that was really when we started doing the groundwork for getting Plexus started and and it fortunately all worked out and we closed our first fund November 16th of that next year. So November of 05, we closed our first fund. So Plexus raises $85 million for their first fund, closes their first few deals, starts to steadily build their team and disaster strikes. But not just for Plexus, for everyone. The Great Recession was something that many people in finance had imagined, but in Michael's words, wasn't something they had really believed could get as bad as it did. I asked Michael what got their team through, 
What kept them driving when everything felt like it was on fire and the deal started to slide? Actually, our quote of the week this week is um, uh, the serenity prayer, which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that, in essence, was what Bob Anders used to say every Monday when we would come in and talk about portfolio stuff, and we would get some level of bad news almost weekly during that downturn. And he would look at all of us and say, guys, we can't do anything about what's happened. We've got what we've got, and we're going to do the best with what we've got, and it's going to be okay. And I'm not sure if he... 100% believed it, but we thought he believed it. So we believed him and we tried to put the emotion, the emotional response aside of, you know, the fear and worry about what might happen and just deal with the facts that we had and grind it out and work as hard as we could to make sure we got the best possible outcome. After weathering the storm and posting good returns, it was time to continue blazing their trail and growing their operation. That meant fundraising. A major factor to Plex's success fundraising is that the partner who owns most of the fundraising strategy and someone Michael describes as the most professionally persistent person on planet Earth encourages the team to never stop fundraising. Kel Landis leads our fundraising activities and the, he is unbelievable. We call him the most professional uh, but he's the most professionally persistent human being on planet Earth, and he is a bulldog. So when when we set a fundraising goal and a timeline for raising a fund, he does everything he can to make sure we hit that number and the timeline. Um, so he is great about not being afraid of discomfort and pushing all of us to get out and fundraise and he just makes it happen. So our first fund, we had 60 investors, uh, roughly 15 banks, primarily North Carolina banks and the rest were individual investors. And really those investors are the ones that just invested with us because they believed in us and knew that we had a lot of our own money in it. So it was a lot on faith, not, a, we had a small track record from Centura, but it wasn't a, it's not like we had a 15 year track record. Um, you know, we had basically 15 deals that we had done that were smaller than we were going to be doing at Plexus. But we, you know, we had a core group of investors that believed in us and, uh, thankfully they did. So, so we had a good, really good core group that we're able to, uh, close our first fund with, and they have consistently grown with us over the four funds. So that's been big. And then the big thing that Kel has pushed us on is that when we're not fundraising, that we're always out there developing prospects for the next fund. That's the, you know, the best time to develop those relationships is when we're not making the ask and our industry is, it's a an extremely long sales cycle. We have LPs, we have investors that we've you know cultivated for five, six, seven years before we've gotten them to, you know to commit to the fund. So they they generally like to follow you for 
at least a couple of years, see uh, performance, get to know you uh, personally and professionally before they'll make a commitment. So that's been a big lesson learned for us on fundraising is the just how long the sales cycle is and the importance of always being out there in the market. We all have responsibilities for maintaining relationships with our existing investors. And then we have goals around how many touches we're going to have each quarter for with new prospects. And, and so that's a, it's not our full team, but there's a handful of uh, four or five of us that have fundraising responsibilities and we meet quarterly to report out on progress and new relationships so that we can be prepared well ahead of, you know, a fundraise. When we get to the fundraising time, it gets a lot more granular in the focus and, you know, we're meeting every week to talk about where we are and status and um, timeline. Every LP wants to know what makes your fund different than the next. Plexus has an obvious advantage in that they have a long track record of posting top returns. But they've also invested a lot of time and energy into developing a number of other differentiators throughout their operation and what they offer to companies that's more than just money. You know, now we've got, you know, dating back to the mid-90s, we've been around for a long time. And it's a huge advantage for companies to be able to call other management teams that we've worked with and know what we're like to deal with and not just in good times but when times are tough which is what really matters so i think the the relationship piece and the you know length of time that we've been in this market is our biggest advantage and then i think we've also because we have grown by doing more of the smaller deals it means we can bring things to our companies that are most of our peers can't. One, we have more capital. So we can invest three or four million dollars today and then put an additional fifteen or twenty million dollars into the company over time. That's for ninety plus percent of our peers, they don't have that flexibility. We also have a an operating partner platform that we're building out. So we don't just bring money to the table. We have operating partners that uh, we have on the team that we can bring into companies as needed. So Chris Antonello started with us a year ago and has made a huge impact on the four or five companies we've gotten them involved with. And then we've got another operating partner that isn't formally on board with us yet, but uh, that we're in active discussions with to uh, build out that platform even more. So there's, I think just through our scale, we bring a lot to the table. Um, and we've just seen a lot. We've, we've been through the ups and downs with these companies. And so when we have the struggles, you know, the negative surprises, we've seen it before. And so I think our, uh, how we react is more measured and, uh, we know how to respond. We, you know, we know how to be a part of the solution. And then we also, on the upside, have been around a long time in this market, so we have a lot of relationships, both uh, not just on the uh, the money side of things, but also uh, commercially to help our companies grow and have developed a lot of relationships that you know can help help our companies you know increase value. 
The emergence of operating partners has been interesting for me to watch because it's an embodiment of the shift from making money by financial engineering to making money by growing portfolio companies commercially. Operating partners bring the expertise that many fund managers lack, not because they're not good at what they do, but because operating expertise and financial expertise are often two very different worlds. So I think the the biggest thing, and, and it's, a, it's similar to us here at Plexus, where the companies that we invest in know how to make their product or deliver their service, and they are really good at it. Where they haven't been trained, just like us, is on how do you take a company from 25 people or 25 million in revenue to 100 million or 150 million or 200 million? You know that that's not a that's a specific skill set. You know, around getting a team aligned around a big goal, and then putting a framework in place to execute on that growth, so that you can break it down into your week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter goals. And that's really what we can bring to the table through our operating partner platform. Chris has been unbelievable with our companies in helping them get frameworks in place to execute on growth. And he's doing the same thing with us here at Plexus and it's had a huge impact. So that's, it's the nice part is it's not rocket science. Um, and it also adds a ton of value, uh, to our management teams and, uh, it has helped us drive portfolio value a lot. Chris uses the Hosh and Cannery X matrix in his work with Plexus portfolio companies. Hosh and Cannery is essentially a process for taking big organizational goals and whittling them down to smaller goals and tasks that can be executed across an organization, from CEO to the lower level. Hoshin is all about combining strategy with execution. Processes and systems like Hashin, EOS, and the Balanced Scorecard are tools we recommend to any operator leveraging the Molartu platform since they marry data management with strategy, something a lot of business intelligence platforms lack. I will not so objectively say that Molartu is the most valuable tool in your fund's arsenal, but I will also admit that it's not the only tool worth leveraging. Michael has been using popular data visualization tool Tableau for over a half a decade with great results. Because of our strategy of having a more diversified portfolio, it we have to have you know better controls and reporting capabilities. I mean if all we did was, you know, four or five deals a year and if we had, you know, 13 or 14 or 15 portfolio companies, we wouldn't need what we have, but we've got 38 portfolio companies today and that'll grow to, you know, 50 or 55 by the end of the year. Uh, you know, it'll be 60 or 65 by the, you know, into the next year. So just by necessity, we've had to invest in our platform. And, um, so the, what we've been using for the last, I guess, six or seven years is a uh, reporting tool called Tableau that allows us to take all of the data we've got and push it out to the team so that when I'm traveling or when any of our team is traveling, they've got ready access to all of our portfolio performance information at an aggregated level down to kind of common size reporting at the company level. And then you can also drill down into the underlying 
compliance package that was submitted by each of our companies so that if you see something that's of concern, you're not just relying on common size data. You can drill into the actual company financials and performance information wherever you are. So it's really our investment in, in technology is driven by our strategy, which really necessitates having all these tools. These cloud-based reports are used weekly to recap deals nearing their close, monthly during the review of company performance, and quarterly during the review of their entire portfolio. The biggest problem Michael and his team face, even with a robust reporting system like Tableau, is how to manage the flow of data from their growing number of portfolio companies, their internal operations, and other external sources to their reports. Herein lies the crux and inspiration for us at Malartu. I don't need to go into more of a sales pitch here, but recognizing the opportunity in their data is one of the reasons I was so excited to sit down with Michael and why I believe Plexus will maintain their position at the top. The biggest challenge for us is the, the, the getting the information from a growing number of portfolio companies and getting that entered into our system in a way that is efficient and that we also have confidence that the numbers have been entered correctly so that we can maintain appropriate risk controls. You know, and that's, that's huge for us because the, again, the nature of our business is we're building a more granular portfolio as we grow. So we've got to be able to continue to improve the way that we, you know, gather that information and get it into our system while making sure that it's, accurate and giving us good information on the other side of the dashboards that we're publishing. Um, so I think that's, that's a big thing we're focused on is efficiencies on the kind of operational side of, of portfolio oversight. If you enjoyed this episode of Scaling with Data, I encourage you to leave us a review on iTunes, as well as check out the solutions we're building for the modern private investor at Malartu.co. Huge thanks to Michael Painter for lending his time this week and sharing his story at Plexus. Make sure to hop over to their website and check out their own podcast at PlexusCap.com. I'm Sean Steigerwald, co-founder at Malartu.co. You can find our blog post featuring this podcast at Malartu.co slash blog.